Mountain Dynamics. Um, and I uh, started running um, just after my 30th birthday. Um, I went out on a cycling trip in America, having never really done any exercise apart from just playing football once a week. And then I came back from my cycling trip and just thought I'd sort of start running to try and keep fit. Um, and I entered a 10K um, in a bet with someone in a pub who didn't think I'd be able to, to run the whole thing because I was still smoking and drinking probably too much. Um, and I ran it and I found that I was naturally... Uh, and um, yeah, so I got round sort of relatively quick and thought, okay, well, maybe this is something I want to keep going at. Um, entered a half marathon and first did my first ever proper training for a for a race or for kind of any kind of sporting activity um, and finished in maybe around the top 100 in the half marathon which was you know quite a big success for me yeah and then kind of moved on from there um, and trained with a club for a couple of years and started racing around the county um, slowly built up into Getting in towards the sort of the top ten runners in the county, just just by sort of training hard, racing, um, and just improving, improving quickly. Um, then I entered my first marathon in uh, Brussels and ran it in two hours forty three minutes, um, which took me to uh, elite marathon standards. And got me entry into the London Marathon, which was my sort of big dream as a runner. Moved on and sort of kept running the marathons, and have since entered um, New York, Boston, Berlin, uh, and always finished around sort of the top hundred runners in all those races. Um, I've been ranked in the top hundred runners in the top hundred marathons in the UK for the last four years, um, and. Yeah, recently just been cycling over to uh, from Cairo to Cape Town as a little break from running, and now hopefully going to get back into it and see what happens. So that's my background in running. Um, and yeah, yeah, great stuff. That's one hell of a story. Um, and thanks for that kind of background info on yourself, Ben. So today's topic is really discussing runners flow versus uh, runners high and there's there's a big gray area there of um, that kind of chemical high that people get when we run we run and we feel good and we 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 feel high and um, and there's some people out there you know who would suggest that runners high is uh, is runners flow and um, you know for me for me there's definitely a distinction but it'd be great to uh, to get your take on it as a as a marathon runner um i know my marathon time doesn't come anywhere near close to yours um and you know really interested to hear whether you've used or felt that you've come um been able to use flow states in order to a improve your running um and b you know when have you actually found um flow states and c what would you define as a different different characteristics from runners high and, and flow states? Yeah, okay. I mean, there's there's quite a lot of questions there. Um, and I'll start with what I perceive or what I know as runners high, which is something I'm very familiar with, of course. 
and it's something that I think I think you experience pretty much every run you go on. Um, I think it's maybe at any level of fitness, I think you can experience it. And I think just as you start running a reasonable amount, it's something you experience almost every time you go out running. Um, I, for instance, I went out for a run today. Um, after work, first couple of miles, oh, you know, feeling wasn't really looking forward to it. I uh, just sort of wondered why I was doing it. Thought, oh, you know, maybe I should just get the train home. A couple of miles in, and started sort of suddenly feeling a sort of a um, sense of just general sort of happiness and contentedness, and my kind of work um, work day just sort of was forgotten. And I just generally sort of felt I was starting to you know, enjoy the countryside, enjoy the movement, just feel happy and think, oh, you know, looking forward to you know having a nice evening at home and having a nice dinner, roll, you know, say half an hour before I would have been just, oh, yeah, just pretty fed up and sort of wanted to go, wanted to go home and go to bed, etc. So there was a definite change in my psychology and how, what I was thinking. And that was, you know, clearly due to the run. And it's something that pretty much happens, I think, every time you go out running. Maybe at first it's not, you know, sometimes you just feel great and you just want to go, but most of the time, it takes a bit of time to build up, but then you start feeling happy, and it generally lasts for pretty much the rest of the run, I think. Um, if we talk about sort of a generally a, a light training run, you'll sort of you'll feel pretty happy, feel kind of enjoying the environment, enjoying running, you know, maybe you just want to kind of run a bit faster, um, and just sort of improve, you know, your fitness, um, and then. You'll maybe get a bit tired at the end of the run, maybe lose the enjoyment a bit, but then the moment you sit down and relax, you'll also be sort of buzzing. You'll still feel that sort of sense of, of high and feel in a pretty good mood and feel glad that you went out and did what you did. And I think you would not feel like that if you didn't have a certain element of, of payback, a certain high that comes comes with the exercise. There's beautiful That's, endorphins. Yeah, I mean, you know, I try... I don't, yeah, that's exactly what I'm told it is, basically. And, you know, we all feel it, and that's why we get addicted to running. It's because you want to feel that all the time, and it's it's a really nice feeling. So, yeah, I'm, I know the high very well, and, yeah, I you know, I sort of used to run twice a day when I was training for marathons. If I didn't go, I you know, I'd miss it, and I'd feel tetchy and grumpy. Yeah, it's because I was missing that endorphin rush, that sort of happiness that comes with almost every run you do, I think. So that's, for me, what Runner's High is. Okay. Uh, and um, it's, yeah, it's something that I think is quite easy um, to to access. And, yeah, it's it's a good feeling, for sure. So, um, so where does um, uh, flow running or running flow come into the equation? When have you felt it and how do you feel it differs from Runner's High? Because... Runners high can sometimes feel so powerful, and when those endorphins go all around your body, you can feel like you've been taken to another world almost. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it can feel like that sometimes. I think, um, and certainly, for instance, if I, you know, can run for a while, um, get out and sort of go out and feel great, you know, feel so happy, and it can just almost, yeah, sort of. It sort of takes over you and a complete sort of change in mood, a complete almost change in personality that comes from that. Um, 
But there is a real discernible difference between what I know as flow. Um, and again, this is just something that I've experienced without really being, without having a word for it or without having any kind of definition of what it is. Um, but it's something that I remember feeling for the first time. Um, and it's, it's just a different thing. Um, and it's, it's much more profound in a way than so what I would say is quite a simple high that you get pretty much with every run. Um, it's the kind of feeling that sort of first high disappears after now, you forget about it. You know, it's a nice feeling, but that's pretty much all it is. But a sort of sense of flow is something quite profound and you, it kind of stays with you and you, you want to find it and you want to go back to it really. And it's almost, it's, it's not a sort of, um, you sort of say it's, you know, in a way the endorphins from a high can kind of take over you, make you feel almost ecstatic. Runner's high doesn't really make you, runner's, the sense of flow doesn't really make you feel like that. It just also, it just makes you feel sort of, it's almost a sense of oneness and a sense of relaxation. And in a way it's, I don't know, you don't sort of feel ecstatic or happy. It's nothing like that. It's, 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 it's almost a sense of just sort of purity, I think. Um, mm -hmm. which might be easy to explain when I, if I put it in the context of a race, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, so um, I remember first experiencing it in probably the first really fast half marathon I ever ran. Um, and it would be about sort of maybe about nine miles in, maybe 10 miles. Um, and I was running quick, you know, faster than I'd ever run before. And uh, it was hard. It felt really, really difficult. Uh, we were running by the River Thames, um, and I was at the point, normally about sort of eight to nine miles in, where it gets very, very hard, and you desperately want to stop. Um, you, all that you can kind of sense, really, in your head, it's just, because, you, you know, you have a drive for the race of, right, I want to do this, I want to beat this guy, I want to keep running at this time. When I get to this mile, I want to do this, and I want to keep this. And then suddenly, all you're thinking about is, this is hard, I want to stop, this is hard, I want to stop. Um, and you kind of have to just get through that somehow. And I hadn't experienced it that bad before, um, but then in getting through it, I suddenly felt this sort of immense kind of relaxation where I didn't have any thoughts in my head at all. I just was thinking about nothing. Um, and then I was just suddenly able to run very simply, there was no voice in my head saying, this is hard, this hurts, stop doing this. I could just sort of keep moving. And I remember sort of the river beside me. And I just sort of, it just felt there was a sort of strange kind of connection to the surroundings because there was no sort of thoughts in your head. So you were just kind of, you were just moving, everything else was moving around you. And that was it. And you could just keep going. And you didn't even think about how fast you were running. But you sort of, I remember looking at my watch, maybe, I don't know, sort of 10 minutes, maybe, maybe not that, maybe five minutes, and just seeing that I'd run the fastest mile of the race at what's supposed to be the hardest point in it. And you kind of think, well, how did I do that? Um, and then it goes away and you start thinking again. You think, well, how did I do that? The moment you start thinking about that, it goes away and you suddenly think, oh, it's hard. There's still two miles to go and your thought process is back. So that's what it feels like um, in the context of a race. Um, so that's the best way I can explain it and how it's very different 
because there's no, you know, there's no ecstasy coming over you. You just, you just stop thinking in a way. So you don't feel happy. There's not, you know, the word happy doesn't come into your head. You know, you don't think this is great. This is, I feel really good. You just don't think anything. You just keep running. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, um, it relates to a lot of other flow descriptions in a, in a realm, in a whole host of other sports where we almost feel detached from that moment where um, we become that observer and we press pause on the remotes and yeah. there's no bias to one way or another. Everything just feels like it, it's meant to be and moves effortlessly, fluidly from one thing to the next. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely fluidness is, is one word. It's it, it's strange because, you know, it's it, in a way it's it's not effortless, I don't know. It, it, but the effort just feels different. It feels just feels okay, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's that's how I that's how I experience it. And um I remember that yeah, that was certainly the first time you know, it's something that I've always been trying to access. Um, because as certainly as an athlete and running is is the simplest of all sports in in a sense you just you just put one foot in front of the other and try and sort of stretch your body as as far as you you know as it can go and try and run as quick as you can um and obviously that was the way i found that i was able to run as quick as i can um and so much of my career after that has been trying to uh harness that ability and use it in, in as you know, in as many races as I could. Really, um, I really only ever found that it would happen to me when I was really pushing my limits. Um, and I wonder, and I think about this, and I think, well, maybe, you know, if I'm something about flow seems to be that when it's something that I know I can do, I don't almost need to access that sort of that part of my brain, whatever that is. Um, I don't need to access it if it's something that I know I can do. So it's interesting that in all my – so in, as a runner, we run 10K, we run half marathons, we run marathons. And in every sort of PB I've ever got of those distances, there's been kind of a flow moment that I that I remember. Um, and it doesn't happen generally other than that. It doesn't seem to happen unless I'm sort of pushing my boundaries somehow. Um, but yeah, um, so it's it's almost uh, in a sense a paradox. In as you know, is it something that you only access when you push your boundaries, or does accessing that enable you to push your boundaries? I you know I don't I don't know the answer to that. Um, so yeah, but that's definitely an experience of habits, um, and it comes pretty much yeah whenever I'm sort of stretching myself, and I guess reach that point where I think. I can't do this anymore, but keep going. And then suddenly this sort of opens up a different world. Yeah, interesting. Really, really interesting. I know one of the um, key principles of flow is that uh, our challenge is equal or slightly above our skill level. So there's kind of like an equation yeah. there. Challenge isn't, isn't there or just pushing us. But, you know, Then our body doesn't get aroused enough. We become a little bit if the challenge is too low, despondent <clears throat> and bored, etc. If the challenge is too high, anxious and avoidant. So we we need to engineer and manage that <clears throat> excuse me, 
that space where the, the challenge is, is appropriate for flow. And, um, you, you know, when you said you're, you're, you're running and you're tired and you, and it almost sounded like I wanted to finish the sentence for you and saying you just wanted to let go. Does that kind of resonate where you got to a point where you almost wanted to, I guess, surrender maybe some conscious um, control over the situation and just allow this this energetic being of flow to take control? It's interesting. I mean, I, yeah, I, I kind of think about this and I wonder if it's, I always sort of notice that it's when I, I think that, I find myself, I think as a runner, you restrict yourself by thought, you know, re, or certainly kind of reason you, you, you stop yourself, you know, um, cause essentially that there's something that when I was sort of improving as a runner, I always thought, well, I am, you know, I can reach the point wherever my mind takes me. I can just keep going. You put limits on yourself. And essentially I thought I could do anything. And I really believed that for a very, very long time. Um, that I could, if I, just push myself a bit harder. I could, I could do more. I could keep, you know, and, and keep, keep improving. And it was only the sort of the, the thoughts in my head that were stopping me doing that, or that stop other people doing that. Other people say, I, you know, I can't, I can't run any faster. I would always think, yes, you can. You know, you just need to find a way to do that. So yeah, I guess it was more a case of um, just letting go of the thoughts that were preventing me do something. That's what I. That's the way I saw it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt that I could keep doing um, all the time, and that's what. That's how I thought I could keep improving by essentially just um, bypassing, or not bypassing, almost overcoming these thoughts. So I suppose the flow is just that that moment. Yeah, let letting go. Um, it, yes, it did. It, it did feel like that. I think. Yeah. Okay. So how how do you have these flow moments uh, helped you improve faster? Have they helped you uh, increase your motivation for training? Do they kind of come and go sporadically? Do you feel um, like you can manage them at all? Um, it's well, I mean, certainly the they've always, as I sort of mentioned, that's always been when I've been able to run best. Uh, it's been when I've tried to, when I've been able to have those moments, and yeah, all my sort of biggest successes have been when I've been able to, to access that sort of that mindset or lack of mindset, if, if you will. Um, but I've never successfully been able to be able to manage that in training, um, and I certainly get those experiences the longer my running career run on I think they became um more rare um and I was I remember seeing a psychologist a sports psychologist for a while and, you know I think they would try and break it down sort of explain it to me as some kind of as sort of this sense of where I'm just below my sort of uh, uh where my heart is maybe at sort of a certain level like just below as high as it can go and that's how that's why I would feel like that. And so a lot of what I was doing was kind of being broken down and sort of explained to me in some kind of sort of scientific way. Um, and I kind of approached it that way and sort of just thought about the mechanics of my body um, and tried to sort of think about how I could control that and how I could access flow that way. And it didn't really work. 
Um, and it was only after I sort of had a not such a good race, taken a couple of weeks off, came back, then had a, a sort of a race, 10K race, didn't really expect much. And suddenly towards the last couple of miles, um, again, just felt, felt that, that feeling come back. Um, and I, yeah, it's difficult to explain why that happened then. I don't know. Um, and then I think, yeah, the more, the more experience I got, the more I felt that I wasn't sure I could push myself anymore. And I thought that was all my body could maybe do. Um, so I would get, you know, I remember running, um, a sort of training for, four months to run the London Marathon and getting to the finish and finishing three seconds slower than the last marathon I've run. And at that point you think, well, three seconds there, this must be perhaps my limit. But it's interesting that on the uh, on the 20th mile of that marathon, I did have a flight moment, ran, uh, ran a mile in, just over five minutes in what is essentially the hardest part of the marathon. I still don't know how I did that. And then just thought, okay, I'm going to make, and that's, and thought, okay, well, that's brilliant. I'm going to, I'm going to coast to a PB. I've done it. And then ruined the last five miles and ran really slowly. So I'm always trying to play with the mindset of, of running and trying to have the best attitude I can when I'm doing it. Um, but I've, ne- I've always found it very hard to, to find that kind of flow moment as my, career had progressed um and yeah and i would just sort of feel that maybe that was the limit of my body that's kind of what entered my head but i'm not sure that's true i know i wonder if that's just my mind doing that i don't know yeah interesting it reminds me of a conversation i had with nick troutman who's a um world champion kayaker and he almost um uh, road or kayak I'm not sure what the right word is now but um he, he he had a race and he almost ran the perfect race and um and then in the last stretch where the rapids kind of calm down you go to that natural calm water and you paddle as fast as you can to the the uh, finishing line he uh he just thought that's it I've done I've done the perfect yeah. race that's fantastic uh, and he just kind of led off for that split second which you know, can have dramatic effects, and for him it did. Um, you know, he slowed down by just a touch, and uh, and end up not having the result. That, you know, that he wanted. Yeah. He was quite happy oh. with his his run because he he felt like he found flow in what he did. Uh, but I guess the outcome, you know, wasn't ideal. Uh, yeah, maybe it's almost sort of that sense of coming out of that feeling that I think does happen. I've never had an experience where. You know, I've had a sort of a, you know, the flow of experience for me in running would last maybe yeah, 10 minutes. Um, I don't think I can remember it um, yeah, sort of coming to me longer than that. And I, I you know, I wonder if it, it feels, because it feels like a meditative experience. That's exactly what it feels like. And I've, I think in my life I've never been able to meditate for longer than 10 minutes. And I kind of feel it's like the same. Like the thoughts start coming back and then that's it, you're out of there. Um, and it, you can't sort of keep it going. So almost perhaps, maybe I think, well, maybe I just need to accept that I'll come out of it, but you know, know how best to come out of it as well as, you know, how to embrace it when it's happening. Um, but yeah, I, so anyway, I'm, in terms of training, yeah, I've never really been able to train myself to do it. And I know that um, a lot of the Kenyan runners believe that, you know, with harder training 
comes more flow experience. Um, I wonder if that's true or not. I don't know. I don't know. So when looking back at those moments, just to delve a little bit into your flow experiences, yeah, can you pick out one common thread, one common characteristic or preparation or attribute that you might have felt or consciously thought about going into either that race as a whole or just before that 10-minute window of flow that you felt? Um, I think with, they'd mostly be races where I'd kind of sort of worry, um, and I'd have to, in a way, control my mind in order to to run well in the first place. So, so I remember sort of, for those kind of races, being on the start line and thinking, okay, you know, push, push these concerns away and sort of just start to focus on running. So there was an element of, I guess, sort of mind control going on from the start. Um, but, so, the, the, I, and that would only happen, I think, in sort of, I think probably in all those races that I experienced, uh, that I would have had to do that kind of moment. Um, that's the way I would have felt at the start. If I can recollect all the races, I think that's, that's a common attribute. Um, I think, sort of, um, maybe sort of five or ten minutes before. Um, my, yeah, I mean, obviously, kind of as I said before, you know, it would be generally during every time, it would be during what is sort of deemed to be the hardest period of the race. Um, and I'd or certainly feel um, the the bloods have disappeared from my brain, and I wouldn't be able to think. You know, I, I, it's it's almost there's certain times you just, when you're running you kind of sort of test it and try and make a simple equation of you know how fast you're going to run the, the the last five miles to to get in a certain time and you can't do it you can't do six times five you know you can't you can't do that so I think for all of those times um, I would remember sort of reaching that point where you know I can't really think properly. Um, and, you know, that's something you get used to feeling. Um, so th- that's normal. Um, I think they all have a certain... Um, I I do... A lot of them have been when there's been uh, quite a big crowd in the race. Um, mm-hmm. And I've spent pretty much the whole race ignoring, trying to ignore that, sort of just sort of focus and have my sort of, you know, tunnel vision. And... Um, with that sort of inability to sort of think and control yourself anymore, you almost start using the energy from other people. Um, so I think my current experience in all my kind of flame moments would be you sort of, uh, again, sort of have not been able to, um, sort of fully energize myself anymore, just almost feel the need to access energy from somewhere else. So I remember. In a lot of those experiences, either sort of just almost letting the energy from maybe another runner or the people cheering you on kind of um, uh, energize you um, rather than than myself, really. So um, there is that certain, yeah, that sort of lightheaded uh, um, sort of draining of your brain that kind of sort of seems to seems to be 
a common characteristic with with every moment that I've sort of had that kind of experience. And yeah, that's sort of you know reliance on different energy. Interesting. I mean, everything you're saying um, rings true. You know, with a lot of ex- experiences that I've heard, and a lot of everything that we study and the research that we bring together, where these intense moments, because they mean a lot, there's a big crowd, whatever the reason, yeah. allow our arousal levels to kind of to spike, right? And they right, they okay. they make us feel alive. They get us into the moment. Our senses heighten. And we, yeah. we, and we, it's interesting that perhaps a lot of the time, you know, you're trying to block that out and maybe that kind of increases something. I don't know what, what you would, you, how you would describe it really. Um, um, but that's, yeah, I don't know. Um, but certainly it seems to affect me, definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And <clears throat> I think it affects, you know, anyone going into a performance. And the trick is really managing that arousal so it doesn't turn into anxiety but it stays as a as a kind of a positive component of what we're going to do and then there's um from you know calling on what you said comparing to other research and other experiences for anyone that's listening there's a very there's a huge similarity between that um i just can't think anymore the conscious seems to shut down and that famous film with tom cruise the last samurai where um, he was told to have no mind. He had to kind of let go of his mind in order to allow the greatness within to come out. Yeah. And, and when we look at neurobiological um, studies, you know, a lot of information is coming out saying the conscious brain can process around 2,000 bits of information per second, but the subconscious right. can process 4 billion bits of information per second. <laughs> so yeah, it, well, it, even yeah. if they're completely wrong and way off the mark, it's still showing that the capacity of our subconscious is greatly advanced than our conscious, meaning we can absorb more information, we can make quicker decisions, we can, we can effectively um, communicate internally through our neural activity, etc., a lot faster, more efficiently, and therefore perform at a, at a higher standard. So trying to use the smaller bandwidth um, dial-up option of our of our conscious minds you know although most of the time we we endeavor to think our way into a peak performance state can often yeah, be yeah. um it can often when we let go of that and finally surrender can often be that time where we allow the subconscious to kind of do what it can can do and it kind of takes over almost on autopilot knowing what it can do and uh, and and is allowed for the first time to really um, carry out the vision that that we've given it. And then there's in- something really magical about it. And I've you know, and I, I I can sort of pinpoint some on my watch almost sometimes that these yeah, just these miles, mile couple of miles that you know, I I can remember sort of starting and finishing, but I don't remember how I was able to sort of just do what I could do but you know the difference is incredible um and yeah there is there is something something quite amazing about it that that you are able to do that Mm. yeah and interestingly you were saying that um you often find flow comes when you feel like you're getting energy from external places like another person or maybe from the environment do you feel 
a kind of a connection to something greater than yourself at that time. Can you describe yeah. a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it. It uh, a lot of it depends on you know. It, it is it, yeah yeah. I mean, I remember when I was um, first running, and possibly even now, that you would sort of certainly think of it as a, as a spiritual experience of some sort. Um, now it, it also it can depend on the environment, but I certainly remember sort of thinking in a in a Buddhist sense at first of kind of having that firstly being able to completely empty your mind and it almost sort of is you kind of wonder if it's similar to the process of enlightenment of suddenly having this complete awareness of the world and just feeling it sounds it's a cliche but a one with with nature one with everything around you. Um, and that was how I first thought about it. That's how I could first um, uh, um, explain it in words was through, yeah, through that sort of that kind of term, not that kind of Eastern terminology of emptiness and, yeah, enlightenment. That's what it felt like. Um, yeah, I, and I've heard people um, talk about perhaps, you know, when we reach that flow moment, you know, that's the time where, we allow ourselves to have that connection with the energy that's already around us, but it's it's only during that surrender that we actually allow it to take over. I was talking to a guy before I ran in the Boston Marathon. He was telling me that between mile mile twenty and mile twenty four of a marathon, his dead brother would come and talk to him, and that's interesting. That's maybe the way he experienced it. I think all, all runners seem to have a different way of understanding. But yeah, it's it's almost like there is sort of a separate energy force somewhere it, for me it just enabled me to perceive that that's never something that i would have never actually but i think i would have ever been able to experience otherwise is that there was a point where i could you know you could you could feel that there was energy coming from somewhere else that it wasn't from you either it was from people cheering on sort of other people's positive energy something like that you know uh, a nice a surrounding whatever you know the sky the sun there's and that you know you would notice that during moments of flow and you wouldn't notice that otherwise and it's something you I think you continue to notice and that kind of stays with you I think after you've had that experience mm. so but I would never have experienced that before for sure yeah those moments where you, time seems to slow down and you notice the smallest bits of information that um, when you think back at it, you think, how on earth did I remember that? These kind of concepts don't exist really. It sort of feels like you're, you know, just, again, that's just a sort of a human concept, you know, like like many other things. And all of those things just seem to disappear. But you're still there. You're still running. And you kind of feel, feel more amazing for it. And, yeah, that's 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 what it, that's what it's like. Yeah. Well, Ben, this chat's been really interesting and really insightful for myself and hopefully for many other uh, runners out there who want to get involved in the conversation of flow. Before we um, sign off, is there um, any words of uh, advice or wisdom or any kind of um, tips that you could give to people who might be out there running or maybe focusing on another arena that want to find, find that state of flow? Yeah, I mean, I guess even from this conversation, you know, don't don't let your thoughts restrict what you can do, and you know, realize that there is 
something amazing, I think, in all of us that if you can access it, can make you do incredible things. And I think keep believing that. And no matter what everyone tells you, keep believing it and keep keep sort of keep keep driving for it and keep trying to to find it because it's a pretty amazing experience when you do have it.